Hey everybody, it's Allie, and welcome to our YNR chat for Sunday, November 9th, 2014. Hey YNR, how was your amazing sweeps week? Uh, I hope that your ratings were skyrocketed because I was glued to my screen every single episode. It really felt like one year's worth of storylines came together, coalesced into just a couple of episodes. It was such an explosive week. Everything came out. I mean, that's kind of, I guess, what soaps do. They trick you all along the way. They give you little, little, little bits and crumbs along the way and false, uh, like kind of fake outs. Like, is the truth going to come out now? Is it going to come out now? How about now? But they're just constantly building toward that big peak, that big reveal. And it's, uh, it, uh, it was totally and thoroughly enjoyable to me. I I just loved it. I've, I've enjoyed this week. I almost don't know where to start <laughs> to talk about it, but I guess I just have to start at the beginning. Uh, as Phyllis is coming to Sharon's door, uh, trick or treat, <laughs> as Sharon's getting ready for her big wedding day, which just on a side note, longest Halloween ever. <laughs> this has been like, why are stretched out the Halloween this year? It's been Halloween for weeks. <laughs> For two weeks now it's been Halloween. Uh, but Phyllis is there to have the, 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 the showdown. Um, Sharon is completely unsuspecting. She's suspicious of Phyllis, but Phyllis is giving a hard sell to Sharon saying that Nick has enlisted her to come and get Sharon and uh, for, for a big surprise. Phyllis is there to whisk Sharon away to the, the big ballroom wedding that she's always wanted when in reality Phyllis has gotten Nick out of the picture and she's now going to kind of like a, a cat and mouse. She's going to toy with Sharon and, and take her through the process of the big reveal. I really enjoyed the lure I liked watching Phyllis lure Sharon in, as bad as I felt for Sharon all week. It did kind of seem like she was toying with her only to scratch her eyes out in the end. And there was something about even the, the build-up to it that had me wide-eyed watching my screen. I loved it. Um... <laughs> Phyllis says, well, you know, I'm going to take you to your going to take you to your big old wedding. And Sharon is protesting. I really don't think Nick would send you of all people to come get me. And Phyllis is playing it perfectly. She's just an acting annoyed that Nick would even ask her to. It was it was classic Phyllis. It felt like exactly something Phyllis would have done, exactly how Phyllis would have played it. And finally, Sharon decided to give in and follow Phyllis to where the wedding was going to be happening. Oh, it just happens to be at the ballroom <laughs> where Phyllis and Sharon had their fight on the stairs. And oh, what do you know? The elevator's taking too long. So yet again, these women have to take the stairs. <sighs> 
So uh, it begins. We're back at that stairwell. It was much more well lit this time. Do you remember when we first saw it? It really looked a little bit too fluorescent, like it actually was a stairwell. This it just looked better this time around. Uh, I I thought that um, it was it was kind of interesting to see the scene play out now with a different actress, um, but uh, I, I was there. I was totally back there at, at the scene. Sharon is starting to freak out. She's realizing that something about this seems awfully familiar, and all the way through this, she's had flashbacks of that lipstick falling down the stairs, and she's had reactions about the stairwell, and now they're there, and Phyllis is just watching her reaction and becoming increasingly aggressive. Sharon is, like, the look on Sharon's face is horrified. She's horrified. Something about this stairwell is very unsettling to her, and Phyllis isn't about to go soft. Phyllis says, is this seeming familiar to you, Sharon? Because we've been here before. And uh, what I liked also about the way that Phyllis revealed it was that she didn't say, hey, Sharon, I know what you did. It was this, that, and this. Phyllis allowed Sharon to do the realizing. Uh, Phyllis is just standing there saying, yeah, I know you'd like to forget, but you need to face it. Face it, Sharon. Face what you did. And uh, all of a sudden, we start to see Sharon realizing the full truth about everything. Wyatt even recreated the uh, original stairwell scene of, I mean, I, I, it's so great that they were able to get the outfits back. They must have had to, do they have to hang on to everything everybody's wearing all the time just in case they have to recreate a scene? Because Sharon was wearing the same thing. They even recreated it with the recast Phyllis in the green dress, the epic green dress, and the two women are now chasing, uh, chasing them up the stairs again, and, or Sharon's chasing Phyllis up the stairs as Phyllis is trying to go to tell Jack the truth. And I mean, they recreated everything, including Sharon grabbing for the phone. Uh, it was a complete recreation. I don't know if the script was exactly the same, but I bought it. I was there. Uh, Michelle Stafford wore the green dress a little bit more convincingly, but I mean, it was a hideous dress. At the end of the day, I would be like, ew, ew, gross, but it worked for Michelle Stafford. Um, <laughs> it's so Sharon begins to, she remembers everything, all of it. No detail left out. I mean, the truth is flooding back into Sharon's mind, and you can see every single bit of it on her face. The 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 what I thought was particularly surprising was Phyllis's reaction to it. She didn't seem surprised. For Phyllis, it was just confirmation uh, that that Sharon did exactly what what Phyllis had suspected that she had done and Phyllis didn't pull any punches she had a theory that not only did Sharon switch these paternity test results but that Sharon also pushed her down the stairs and I really liked that Phyllis said that because it was so hotly debated at the time as to whether or not Sharon did push Phyllis I mean I go, went back I watched it several times I never got the impression that Sharon 
pushed Phyllis. She certainly did leave her there. Sharon's not blameless on, on any level, but I didn't get the idea that it was intentional that Sharon pushed Phyllis, but that's certainly what Phyllis thinks, and I really liked that, that she brought that back up. It was a very death becomes her moment if you've ever seen that movie it was the red versus the blonde and phyllis saying you pushed me down the stairs i loved it i i loved having phyllis um c calling sharon out uh, we've uh, we've built up a lot of sympathy for sharon over the past couple of months i think and i even though i like sharon was along for the ride of Maybe it's time Sharon needs to understand what she did and she needs to have some kind of um, moment of realization and some kind of, uh, like, sorry. She needs to understand what she did and atone for it. And Phyllis did reveal her motive for keeping the truth a little bit of a secret because there's the question on the table of, well, if Phyllis knew when she came out of the coma that Sharon had switched the paternity test results, then why didn't Phyllis tell Jack, tell Nick, tell Summer, tell everyone immediately? And Phyllis started to reveal her motive, which is she, she wasn't sure. I got, I got the impression from Phyllis that she just had these pieces in her mind that she thought but that weren't confirmed, and I did buy that. I can kind of understand why Phyllis wouldn't have just gone and told everybody what her suspicion was. I mean, in a in a normal universe, Phyllis could have gone and just done a DNA test, but in Soap Universe, she wanted to try to draw it out of Sharon to find out if that's what the truth was, and I think Phyllis has a right to her anger with Sharon. I mean... It's a, Sharon did a bad, bad thing. And again, I've, I've built up a lot of sympathy for Sharon, but what she did was horrific. And Phyllis has a right to her anger. Phyllis revealed, I'm the one that lost a year of my life. And not only that, I missed an important year of my life. I missed my daughter's wedding because of you. And not only that, but you were with her on her wedding day, not me. So I understood in that moment Phyllis's desire for revenge. Was it the right thing to do? Did Phyllis handle all of this correctly? No, probably not. But I understood where she was headed with that and why she... Uh, revealed the truth or why she was going to take Sharon back through reliving this. I, I, I felt this just looked dead in Sharon's eyes. I mean, Sharon is now a lamb to the slaughter. She's realized what she's done and she's begging Phyllis to not tell Nick, please, just I need to tell him. That's her number one concern is not losing her relationship with Nick. And Phyllis is not about to hold back the death blow. Phyllis just looks at her and says, now it's payback time. You took from me and now I'm going to take from you. Victor pieces together the DNA mystery. He's in the living room with Summer saying, really, it's your brush? And she's saying, yeah, it's my brush. And he's like, really, it's your brush? Yes, it's my brush. Why are you so concerned about my brush? <laughs> 
Uh, but she reveals it's hers. She leaves. Victor calls the lab in Sweden. Just say, no, that brush. You tested every strand on that brush, right? There was, it was, there was no, it couldn't have just been that Summer borrowed a little girl's hairbrush. Oh, no, no, no. The Swedish uh, scientist confirmed to Victor that every single strand was tested. Every single strand. <laughs> there is no doubt now that uh, that Summer is the DNA match for Nick. So what's the very first thing that Victor does? He goes to Jack's house looking for Phyllis, but of course he doesn't find Phyllis. He finds Jack. And there's a moment in the living room where, ugh, it was sort of like Phyllis toying with Sharon in the cat mouse way. Victor was sort of toying with, with Jack in a more subtle way, but you can't tell me that Victor didn't tr completely relish and enjoy the idea that he was now knowing something that Jack didn't know and was going to prove himself right all at the same time. I was, I, I'm, I'll talk later about Victor's role in this. I'm, I know I'm not the only one who was completely annoyed with him throughout the week, but I'll get there later. Um, <laughs> so, Meanwhile, uh, Nick and Noah and Mariah and Faith, they're all still at the house. They're all think, still thinking that the wedding is going to be happening. And Sharon has gone MIA. You know, ugh, Mariah was kind of um, a little bit truthful yet harsh. Everybody's looking for Sharon. Why would she be missing on her own wedding day? We got a car full of flowers. We're on our way to the justice of the peace. Uh, where would she be? And Mariah is saying, mm, isn't this kind of classic Sharon? One thing that I think we're going to get into within the coming weeks, and which is also a sad element, was that Sharon was just developing this relationship with her daughter, and that is going to be totally down the tubes. I, I don't think I think Mariah is going to jump right on board the bandwagon with Nick and ever and the Newmans and everybody else. I don't think she's going to be the one to give Sharon any slack. I, I could be wrong, but I just I don't think so. But everybody's there in the living living room wondering where Sharon could be. Nick finds an earring on the couch <laughs> that's Phyllis's somehow in all of the Fury. Phyllis flung her earring off onto the couch. Nix finds it, and it happens to be one that he gave her. Again, wow, what a weird coincidence. So Nick puts together that Phyllis has something to do with where Sharon is. So he goes over to Jack's, where Victor and Jack are just starting to have their argument. And, um... Both, you know, Nick wants to know where Phyllis is. Victor wants to know where Phyllis is. Jack says, fine, I'll go upstairs and I'll see if she'll come down. And while Jack's upstairs, there's a private moment between Victor and Nick where Victor reveals the truth. He says, I'm going to tell you right now, I got a feeling Phyllis is not upstairs and he hands over the DNA test results. I got a feeling wherever Phyllis is has something to do with this. Um, and Nick takes a look at the uh, at the results, and at first he really doesn't want to believe it, doesn't understand, but it slowly starts to dawn on this poor guy that it's true, uh, and that it at least could be true. It, and it, Jack comes down and says, you know, Phyllis isn't up in her room. What do you know? And it's sort of like, uh-oh, confirmation of 
my dad could be right. This could be the key. This could be the secret. This could be everything. It was like a triple whammy. Like, bam, Summer's not your daughter. And bam, it was Sharon who switched those results. And also, bam, we think Sharon pushed Phyllis down the stairs, which is the only thing that Sharon, I think, is not guilty of. But poor Nick. Oh, this poor fool. His, his reaction, I mean, talk about watching a man's world crash down around him. I saw it all on his face. I felt terrible for him. Um, and I didn't, you know, just having Victor there. Victor was really kind of the thorn in this whole thing. And he says, he's like, you know, I, I, I have a feel, he gets, I, was, I think, I think Victor gets a phone call and uh, says, oh, really? That's where they are? And then he tells, nobody's told Jack anything, by the way. This is still a mystery to Jack. But uh, Victor says, I think I have a feeling where Phyllis and Sharon are because I was having Phyllis tailed. Well, okay, uh, if you had Phyllis tailed, then why did you go to Jack's then? You already would have known where she was. Phyllis and Sharon are in the stairwell. They're continuing to argue, and it's starting to get a little bit aggressive. Phyllis is at the top of the stairs, somewhat kind of uh, towering over Sharon. She's probably in high heels there, teetering uh, on the stairs as well. And Sharon makes the, or, or no, it was Phyllis, makes the mistake of kind of saying, I'm going to call Nick and Jack and I'm going to tell them everything. She makes the same mistake twice. Uh, I, I don't get it. Why would you turn your back on a wild animal? I mean, the last thing that you remember from the stairwell would have been you trying to call Nick or calling Jack on your phone and if you think Sharon turned around and threw you down the stairs why would you turn your back on her again it was weird that Phyllis took that route that she turned around and tried to make a phone call like that didn't work out for you the first time it got you in a coma I don't know why you would do it again but of course um Sharon's like you know they're kind of becoming to struggle over the phone yet again and this time Sharon gets a little wobbly on the stairs and Phyllis grabs her and is like holding on to her wrist really hard just at the moment that Victor and Nick and Jack show up and Nick is calling out don't hurt her uh, which I thought was kind of sweet his first reaction is that you know he's concerned for Sharon like I think Nick wanted to give Sharon the benefit of the doubt like this can't be true there's no way she would do this uh, and I, I still this is the woman I love I'm planning on marrying her today but it's clear that there's this exchange going on between the two women and Phyllis is like tell him just go ahead and tell him and uh, she you know kind she does I mean the truth kind of comes out there in the stairwell and I will say I hope that you guys noticed this too because it was shock for Nick confusion for Jack, anger for Phyllis, and uh, I think um, also humiliation for Sharon. Victor had this smug look on his face the entire time. Like, mm, like this was the movie of the year <laughs> that he's been waiting for. Like, he's been waiting for this to come out for so long, and he's just kind of sitting back with his black leather jacket on and just mm -hmm. 
you know, just enjoying it. And I, I, it was so smug and that was so annoying to me because it's not about you, Victor, and it's not about being right. And it's 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 not it shouldn't be about making Sharon pay. I mean, I know that I I was kind of talking earlier about how I understand how Phyllis feels, but I but I I still don't think the right thing to do is to seek this type of revenge and, and to like tar and feather Sharon, but that was the vibe that I got from Victor and it made me ill a little bit. Um everybody moved into the lobby and Sharon's kind of holding her wrist like, owie, Phyllis hurt my wrist. I'm the victim. But come on, you're going to have bigger problems in a second, girl. <laughs> like, your wrist is the least of it. But everybody moves into the lobby and Jack is like, what is going on? He's clueless. He requires a an explanation about the whole thing. And Sharon, uh, actually, rather than Phyllis telling everybody everything, I think Phyllis lets Sharon be the one to do it. Sharon um, really tries to present her side of the story, but when it comes to Nick, all he wants to know is the facts. Did you do this? And when she had to admit, yes, the look on Nick's face, there there was, I, I, I had to like look at it twice because there's this look on his face of immediate disgust. Immediately he was repulsed by her, which is just so opposite from everything we've been seeing from Nick. And it, that, that broke my heart. And then kind of panning over to Jack, Jack is realizing Summer's not his daughter. He's absolutely heartbroken. I mean, Nick is like, how could you do this to me? But Jack is like, I've lost. I'm losing something. I'm losing this piece of me, this thing that has become so very important to me. And it was just a loss all around for both men. Phyllis was kind of being Sharon's executioner, pulling the truth out of her at every step along the way. Uh, and I... I really appreciated the moment where Phyllis stepped out and uh, as Sharon's trying to explain herself as to why she would have switched these paternity results, Phyllis said, <clears throat> excuse me, Sharon switched those results for the same reason I did to control the outcome. And I just thought, wow, I mean, that's so good that YNR brought that up. She said, you know, she... That like there was this moment of maybe Phyllis wanted to make Sharon pay because she had to pay, and and again it became another level of oh okay I kind of understand what what Phyllis, where Phyllis is coming from. She switched those results to control the outcome, which was the same reason that I did. Only Sharon forgot there have to be consequences. I had Daniel taken away from me. And now I will, you know, Sharon has to pay, has to have the same thing happen to her. Um, I totally missed that connection throughout the course of all of this. I never thought about that. So I loved that Phyllis brought it up. It, it was, um, it was so revealing. I mean, obviously there was the truth bomb, but there was a lot of revelations about like the internal character dynamics during that scene that I enjoyed. Um, Jack does not want to accept it. Um, he's. I think he started kind of trying to make it 
not true. Uh, so freaking Victor chimes in and he's like, you know, you know, it's true, Jack. Summer is a Newman. He, I mean, okay, in this moment of everybody's sorrow, Victor has to make the point to Jack that Summer is a Newman. Like, all he cares about is winning. Like, he zeroes in on the fact that Jack is trying to make this not true because it would hurt too much. And he decides to jab in the knife a little bit, but then pull back and go, well, to tell you the truth, I feel kind of sorry for you. Like, um, really, Victor? You might as well have just stepped back and said, na 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 boo boo, because that's what you were thinking. Don't tell Jack that you feel sorry for him like you're going to throw him a bone. I was so disgusted with Victor in that moment. He was there to put salt in the wound, and I think Jack knew it. I felt bad for Jack. He kind of, like, Phyllis, I want to say it was Phyllis who tried to comfort him, and he just kind of brushed her off and skates out of that room. Phenomenal. I mean, the whole thing was just phenomenal on every single level. And the cherry on top, by the way, was that YNR was playing the theme song over that scene, which is immediate for me. I mean, they just knew. I feel like they they just they just knew like this is going to be our this is our big revelation. This is where the info bomb happens. Let's just totally overwhelm the viewers. Play the YNR theme music and just cherry on top of that cake. I thought it was wonderful. Um, the party kind of breaks up and <laughs> the party and uh, Nick and Sharon go uh, to, to like the lobby where um, Nick is waiting for the elevator. Damn, those elevators never work. There's nobody in that in that ballroom and the elevators do not run. There's like six of se six or seven of them and they just don't come. Nick's standing there waiting for the, the elevator into infinity and Sharon catches him and she tries to tell him how she tried to tell him and uh, many at many points along the way but his poor little face oh he just felt so betrayed um, and he just kind of blows past Sharon and says just stay away from me and then he goes to take the stairs I'm like oh watch your step up don't fall down those stairs of course Sharon starts to chase him uh, but uh, she she cannot catch up and he is not stopping she's Nick Nick crying out Nick and he is just blowing down those stairs like there ain't no tomorrow and she has a moment where she stops uh, on the landing and is just just collapses in tears and like everyone has left her you realize in that moment wow she's totally alone this is just blown up in her face and she's totally and completely alone Jack goes home and Phyllis has followed him um Phyllis blows into the uh into the Abbott living room and she's just all like woo glad that truth is out that went just as I was planned I mean Phyllis I think was very happy with the result of all of that uh she uh, is she's I can't remember what she said that triggered Jack's realization but as she's talking Jack realizes that she's known all along. I mean, Jack's been overwhelmed by this information, and now all of a sudden he kind of puts it together that Phyllis has known all along, and he's furious with her. He says, you you knew this? And, and yet you took the most dramatic way to reveal it. I mean, you, you chose 
Sharon. You chose getting revenge over Sharon, over uh, me, the man you supposedly loved. You should have told me right away instead of revealing it in front of everyone. And I think... I think, it, I think this is true, and I think it's particularly true of Jack's character. I think he was, of course, devastated by the revelation of this truth, but I think there was a, a, a pretty significant piece of Jack that was also feeling humiliated that the truth came out and that he lost in front of Victor. The next morning, Jack is in his living room, and Phyllis comes down, and he tells her, you know, it's, it's time that we tell Summer. And in fact, he made a point of saying, it's time that we tell Summer it's better not to wait. I don't want to keep the truth from her for any longer. As in, you kept the truth from me longer than you should. You should have told me on moment one. Uh, and I, I don't want to do that same thing to Summer. So uh, they decide, yes, it's time. Jack's already called her over. Uh, so Summer shows up, and <laughs> it's kind of funny. Summer, she's such a dull-eyed little Bambi deer. She comes into the, to the room, and she... I, I'm telling you right now, I don't think I have ever... Heard Summer call Jack dad in this entire year, not once. But she comes into the room saying, what's wrong, dad? <laughs> and Jack is, he's melting away. And you can tell, it's, she just keeps saying it. What up, dad? And Jack's melting away. And he, he almost says, don't call me, don't call me dad. And, uh, and Summer's just like hopping over in the corner like, what? Why? Why, Dad? Why shouldn't I call you Dad, Dad? <laughs> it was the most ridiculous. I, I, I mean, she had a moment last week, I want to say, of telling Nick that she was just starting to really accept Jack as being her father. But I never remember hearing her call him that. But they revealed the truth to Summer. I found that part to be a little bit anticlimactic. Um... Summer's reaction wasn't as important to me as I think it should have been. Obviously, she's upset by it, but, I, like, the, Jack and Phyllis together told Summer the truth, and I kind of would have liked to maybe see a private moment with Summer. I would have maybe liked to have seen her run out the door and... Um, I don't know, maybe even into the park or something and covering her face. Or I wanted to have a sense of Summer's identity crisis or um, I, I wanted to know how she really felt in absence of the other characters. Summer's such a sideline character. She only exists to prop up the main cast. And I kind of, I mean, if, if she's going to be there all the time and I'm going to have to deal with her and her husband, I'd like to get to know her a little better. And I don't feel like YNR really zeroed in on her very well. Maybe in the future, I'm sure. I'm sure I mean, and then there were uh, reactions that she had throughout the week, but there was just something missing missing for me. I, I think a private moment with Summer would have would have done it. But <sighs> also this new morning, Sharon is alone 
at the house. Nick has not come home last night uh, until she's wandering around in the living room in the morning and he finally comes through the door. He tells her he's just been out walking all night. I don't know how that works. He didn't, it doesn't sound like he got a hotel. He was just out pacing the freaking streets of Genoa City all night long. And I thought just, just a, a, a tiny little detail I noticed was, did you see what Sharon was wearing? So... <laughs> she's gone from the white wedding dress into now it's the morning after and she's in all black. It's a black uh, nightgown and robe set. Still a little breasty. And I thought that's good. I thought that was representative. That was good costuming. But also there was a part of me that thought I, I think Sharon believes and uh, and I, it, it kind of became revealed later in the week, but I think Sharon believes 100% that Nick is going to ultimately forgive her. I think there was a part of Sharon that thought, okay, you know, after all this comes, she comes home the night after everything happens, she probably showers herself up, puts on some lotion and some smelly stuff, puts on her black nighty negligee robe and I think even though Nick wasn't at home at that point, I bet you Sharon laid in bed all night thinking Nick was going to come home and he was going to end up sliding into bed with her and she was going to make it okay again in the way that she makes it okay. Their relationship is very physical. Nick responds to the physical. And I just thought that was an interesting choice. I'm probably reading too much into it. <laughs> but I just thought, okay, if all that had just happened to me, I'm going to tell you I would have come home. I would have gotten my sweatpants, probably gotten in my eating pants, <laughs> and a t-shirt. I'd have my face stubbed in some ice cream. My, 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 I would have been wrecked. There would have been, I mean, there would have been no black nighty for me. <laughs> but then again, I don't have that Newman money. <laughs> but I thought that was an, just an interesting side note. So Nick comes through the door. And it's Sharon's thinking, oh, he's back, but he's really only there temporarily to get his things. And I didn't expect that. I, I didn't. I thought as well, along with Sharon, that Nick would forgive her. I thought that he would take a few moments and a few beats, but I thought he would ultimately <clears throat> forgive her. She tries very hard to explain and to cash in that forgiveness card, but it's completely uh, in vain. And and I, I, I think the reason she thought that was because, or that Nick would forgive her, was because he, he assured her that he would forgive her. Uh, time and time again, she said, eh, I feel like I got this secret. I feel like it's something that you're, that I've hurt you in some way and I don't want to marry you. I don't want to move on with our lives until this comes out. And at every juncture, Nick insisted, there's nothing you could do that could possibly make me stop loving you. Well, turns out, except this. Except this. He just looks at her and says, you stole my child from me. I have nothing left in my heart for you. I don't love you anymore. Whew. Really? I don't know if I believe that. Maybe I'm being a hopeless Nick and Sharon fan or something, but I just don't really believe that. I mean, really? That quickly? Does love just disappear when somebody betrays you? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I think he's 
I think he feels that betrayal is the overwhelming feeling. I don't know. Is it going to end up... I, I mean, we're seeing that Jack is being um, estranged from Phyllis, or he feels betrayed by Phyllis, and Nick feels betrayed by Sharon. Are we moving back toward a Phyllis and Nick relationship? They do now share the daughter. I mean, they're going to have to do some damage control there. So I don't know if that's where it's headed. I was just shocked, I thought. Nick will always love Sharon, and <sighs> that it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I was wrong. But Nick, the next scene, the next scene we see is him down at the tacky house. Once again, he's uncovering the furniture that's been covered in, in sheets, and uh, we see Summer show up at the door. And I, you know, I had a moment of kind of realizing not only does Nick have to feel betrayed, but I bet you he feels really horrible for inflicting this upon Summer that his choice in, uh, that his ex-wife did this to her. Because it's not a small deal. Uh, I can only imagine, I mean, Summer should feel so betrayed most of all. Um, and I, I kind of thought, well, maybe Nick feels guilty for inflicting Sharon upon Summer in this way, uh, but she does show up and she starts to tell Nick how she feels. And I, that was the moment when I, where I did get into how Summer was feeling. I think, she, you know, I appreciate that she felt that betrayal because Sharon was someone who not only did something horrible to her, but then turned around and became a mother figure to her as her own mother was absent. But, I mean, Sharon was re re Sharon was both the cause of and the comforter within that problem. So I, I understand how Summer was feeling torn about that, and I am looking forward to that confrontation. I want to see Summer versus Sharon. I want to see Summer come, or I want to see Sharon come face-to-face -face with Summer realizing fully what she did now that she's kind of, quote-unquote, in her right mind. Uh, from that scene, I, or uh, that interaction between Summer and Nick, I also appreciated that Nick did not absolve himself of his role in all of this. It would be very easy to just say, oh, Sharon, let's focus all of the attention on her. But Nick said, I still didn't follow through with the paternity tests from the beginning. I still have blame in this. And even though Summer was like, it's not about you, let's focus this on Sharon, I, I think that Nick... I appreciated that he didn't just get let himself off the hook. He's been carrying that guilt around for a year, and although his love for Sharon went away in an instant, that guilt apparently did not. I think it feels that it feels right that Nick and his daughter have been reunited and seeing them together and him saying, um, you know, I, you're, you're always going to be my super girl. And throughout all of the time that you you were taking pills and getting married to Austin, I've really just been wanting to tell you this. You are so grounded. I thought that was very cute and if, if, if I do have a feeling of okay this is right because even though I think I had mentally started to adjust to the idea of Summer just being an Abbott it feels right that she's Nick's daughter and I'm glad he's got his daughter back and I don't know what's going to become of Sharon just as Summer and Nick are having that conversation uh, Sharon is having the conversation uh, at her house with Noah. And Noah, 
I'm, he really put the screws to her. He didn't hold a lot of punches. Noah did hold Sharon accountable for her actions, which I liked. And in fact, later in the week, Noah had revealed that he has a sense of, I've always been having to defend my mother and it's, uh, you know, it's almost become second nature to me. And in that, mo in that confrontation or that revelation of Noah learning the truth, uh, it was I interesting to see him really kind of holding her to the fire. And he said, has this all been an act? Have you really lost? Did you really lose your memory? Or were you just trying to keep the truth from coming out? He really asked her some honest questions, which I think as an audience member, I was wanting and anxious to hear uh, her answers about. I, I do, Sharon's reaction to the whole thing has been weird. I have uh, sensed in the aftermath that Sharon has made a lot of excuses. Uh, she, and I haven't heard a whole lot of I'm sorry's. It's more about, well, uh, this is what was going on with me at the time, and here's what was in my head, and I think those explanations have a place in the argument or in the conversation, but I just think I would feel so incredibly sorry. I think I would be at Nick's feet begging him for forgiveness. I think I would be punishing myself before anybody else had a chance to, but Sharon is not really doing that. She's kind of uh, fighting for herself a little bit. She's she's presenting her side of the situation pretty hard, which is odd considering she's someone who didn't really know about it. She's sort of finding out about it uh, at the same time everybody else is, and yet she's kind of got a formulated argument as to, you know, what, what, why she did what she did. Uh, and I think that might be a little bit of foreshadowing, um, because at the very end of Friday's episode, we saw Nick show back up at the house and of course she thinks again she said like oh I knew you'd come back so Sharon's sort of thinking that Nick's gonna forgive her and that everything's gonna be fine and she's just gonna move on with her life he's just gonna understand he's just gonna understand and I don't I, I apparently I guess it's not what's gonna happen uh, he comes back to the door and he says the only thing that left that we need to deal with is our daughter Faith. I'm gonna tell you right now, you need to pack up some of her things. She's gonna be staying with me from now on. And kind of getting the idea of like, wow, Phyllis's prediction is coming true. It's kind of ironic that Phyllis's, uh, that, that, that this wrong, this paternity switch that's happened on Phyllis is sort of maybe ending in a similar way as her paternity switcheroo that happened with Danny in that maybe Sharon is now going to lose custody of Faith in the way that Phyllis lost custody of Daniel. So I wonder if that's, that's a little bit of foreshadowing, but also I think maybe Sharon's not just going to roll over and take it. Should Phyllis have told Jack and Nick and everyone what her suspicions were when she first came out of the coma? That's my question to you, because I think I think it's a little bit of a gray area. Again, I understand uh, that Phyllis wanted to be sure before she was hurling accusations. I think that she could very easily have come off as just wanting revenge on Sharon. At the same time, she did keep the truth from Jack. 
And he's kept some truth from her as well. And I'm wondering if Kelly is going to end up being the woman that he turns to. Uh, he goes to the athletic club. He's 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 distraught over everything that's happened, and feeling the feeling of betrayal uh, from Phyllis is not going away. He goes to the athletic club where he knows Kelly works, and she's all too happy to see him with open arms. He uh, she takes him upstairs, and he explains the story, tells him everything, tells her everything, and as. He starts to unfold uh, what had just happened. Kelly says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So Phyllis knew this entire time? She, she, she knew? And, and Kelly goes on to say, you know, letting you think even for one day that Summer was yours when she wasn't was wrong. So now we have the Kelly versus Phyllis thing getting ready to come head to head because meanwhile Phyllis is just getting used to the idea of being Jack's wife. She's over in his office, she finds her engagement ring in his desk drawer, puts it on her finger, and she's getting real used to the idea of just moving on with her life with Jack. I think in the same way that Sharon just assumed everything was going to be okay and move on with Nick, Phyllis is just assuming everything's going to be okay and move on with Jack, but that's not necessarily the case uh, because she does doesn't have any idea he's been keeping this secret about Kelly from her too until she looks over into that same old desk drawer and finds a picture of Kelly. So starting to make a little bit of sense now, Phyllis? The other big revelation of the week was Michael. Uh, uh. Well, I mean, there was many other big revelations this week, but that was, I guess, a sad one. Fenn uh, comes back into town. Kevin has lured him back with concert tickets, and we did get a nice little Baldwin family reunion, minus Gloria, which would have been wonderful, but um, there was, you know, Lauren and Michael and Fenn get, getting, you know, to have some time, and Kevin being there right before Michael goes to see his... Um, his doctor to get the results of the biopsy and Kevin has been suspicious of him wondering what's going on with him and he follows him to the appointment where he sees through the glass that Michael is meeting with a woman and uh, Kevin reveals himself to Michael kind of confronts him and says so is that the woman and Michael just looks exhausted just absolutely exhausted and he just looks at him and says Kevin I'm not having an affair I have cancer. And he just walks away. Uh, mm. It was a good moment, though. I mean, it, I felt it. I was with Michael in that moment, um, that he was just tired of fighting. And Kevin followed him back to his office and tries to get Michael to talk about it, tries to draw out of him what his feelings are, and tries to convince him to actually lean on him. Um, you know, you've done so much for everyone in our family. Let me provide this to you. Let me be the one that you lean on. And Michael is, uh, he's scared. He does reveal that he's scared to tell the truth. He's scared of what this means. He feels that even though the they don't know what stage the cancer is yet, uh, they don't know how far it's progressed, they don't really know everything, just that they found cancerous cells in his prostate. That, but he does feel like there's this black cloud of cancer hanging over him, and he doesn't want to just inflict that on everyone else in the family. Uh, but I, I think 
it's easy to view Michael as being selfish for not revealing this to his family, but at the same time, I feel like he's entitled to his feelings. It, even though it's you should have your family around you and you should have a level of support, it is something that you do kind of have to go through on your own. It's your own. It's your own body. It's your own person. Only you are are there to kind of conceptualize your own death or the possibility of it. And so I understand that and I feel like Michael is entitled to his feelings and to his process of realizing this and going through this. I do wish that he would tell Lauren, of course, but I feel like I understand a little bit more about what he was thinking. And he was telling Kevin, the reason I'm not going to tell Lauren or I'm not telling her is because I don't want to see pity in her eyes. I don't want her to look at me and feel sorry for me. I don't want her to I don't want her to put on a brave face and give me lots of positive reinforcement because that's just going to be more of a reminder to me. For now, I just want to enjoy these this these little pieces of happiness before before I can't hide it anymore and that's exactly where it is cancer is it, it there's no stopping this train and you can't hide it forever Chelsea and Billy are sharing a cute moment over Halloween candy and Billy finds the handkerchief that was mysteriously returned to her um, and she begins to tell him why and the story of what happened and then it got returned to her. Was anybody else completely annoyed that Billy suggested burning it? He was like, look, uh, if you want to get rid of it, we'll get rid of it. Let's just burn it in the fireplace. The irony was not lost on me that it was the same fireplace that Adam burned Delia's scarf in. But at the same time, like, it's just kind of extreme. And burning that handkerchief is not going to make Adam go away any more than Adam burning Delia's handkerchief was going to make what he thought he did go away either. So it was just kind of weird. I didn't like that. I was just... It was I was audited out by it, but we did this week have the Adam reveal. Uh, last week we had the mystery woman in the chapel, and she comes back to a, a room. I guess remember how Adams had all these other male assistants. I guess the male assistants weren't sexy enough, so we had to give him a female assistant who I thought, as seeing her out of the hood, I thought it was Sky. I thought, are they have they recast Sky? Because I never really thought that she was dead. I always kind of thought maybe that was a con of some kind. So I'm almost kind of wondering if that could be Sky. Uh, there does seem to be a rapport between them. She she uh, comes back to this room where Adam's there in bed. His face is gauzed up <laughs> like the Joker. You know we're gonna have a Joker revelation moment where they slowly unveil the bandages to reveal. His his face. Um, <laughs> that's totally gonna happen. But she says, she starts to tell Adam 
I saw your wife at the chapel. She sounded like she was saying goodbye to you, uh, but I, and she left the handkerchief, but I, I, I picked it up and, and brought it back to her. It seems personal. For that woman to do that for, for Adam doesn't seem like she's someone who's on the payroll, which makes me think that he knows her somehow and that I don't know if she's going to continue to play into the scene. I theorized last week that she was the one who uh, who really killed Delia? I hope that's the case because I I want to I, I want Adam to be absolved of the Delia murder fairly quickly. She would be an easy target. Let's take her down. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Maybe it maybe it's Sky. I'm not sure because it almost seemed like Sky and Adam had that kind of um, relationship, sort of tumultuous relationship, a love hate relationship, and uh, we had Adam's speaking his first words this week, uh, the the woman is going on and on, theorizing about Chelsea and just, like, getting way too up in his business, and he just says to her, favor? And she says yes, and he's kind of He's kind of bringing her in close. Bring her, come closer, come closer so I can just tell you something. And she gets right up in his face and he just looks at her and says, Shut up. <laughs> I said out loud, Well, that's Adam. Joe comes to visit Avery at the coffee house this week. He wants to give her a bookmark that he's held on to all these years. Uh, and the bookmark says something like, there comes a time in life where you have to decide to either turn the page or close the book. And then it's revealed that it was a wedding gift. Who gives a wedding gift that says, like, it's not appropriate to get... For, the sentiment is not appropriate for a wedding. You have to either turn the page or close the book. It was appropriate to what's going on right now in Avery's relationship with Joe, but it's not appropriate for a wedding. Like, there's no, like, closing the book at a wedding. So it was just like, what the hell? It didn't make any sense to me. But apparently her dad gave it to her. He was a, little, he was a couple of uh, marbles short, I think. So, um... Apparently, but it meant something to Avery. Not only the bookmark, but I think the fact that Joe had held on to it and that he gave it to her and Avery was insisting, oh, to Dylan, this is just a, it's a nice gesture. Dylan thinks there's a lot more to it. And she says, no, no, no. She's giving uh, Joe the benefit of the doubt. And then, because Dylan is so upset over the fact that his building is going to be bought and he's going to have to move his business, uh, Avery says, look, I'm a lawyer. I'm very clever. I'm going to find out who uh, who's behind this whole real estate deal and we'll deal with it. And she gets on the phone and of course she's shocked to find out that it's Joe Clark is the is the managing broker and immediately she jumps to Joe's defense. I thought that was interesting. She says, "No, no, no, no. See, this is not personal. This is about business. He's not the uh he's not the financier." This is, he's just doing his job. So I thought that was an interesting reaction. It was not, oh, Dylan, oh, sorry about that. Sorry that this is happening. It was about, oh, no, 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 no. Dylan, don't jump to any conclusions. Of course, Dylan jumps to conclusions. He he wants to punch in the, Joe in the face. That's his only ever, like, uh, reaction ever. Like, if there's a problem, Dylan's going to punch it. <laughs> he's a lot like Nick in that way. <laughs> uh, Avery 
tries to suggest, no, 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 let's just, let's fight him where it hurts, in the bank. We're gonna, we'll sue him, we'll do, you know, we'll do things uh, not physically. So what does Dylan do? He goes right to the club and he punches Joe right in his face and causes a scene, which Paul walks into later, by the way. And he kind of, I mean, it's hard to say. Is it business? Is it personal? Maybe it's a little bit of both. Joe is insisting to Dylan, look, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm doing my job. You know, this is what it is. And Dylan, uh, Paul kind of comes in and Dylan has a side with Paul and says, I know this is not just business. This this is personal. This is him trying to seek revenge on me. So Paul decides he's going to do a little background check on Joe, and he gives Joe kind of a word of warning, like, stay away from my son's uh, girlfriend. And uh, I don't know if Paul's going to unearth some information about uh, about Joe, but in general, I think the storyline has a lot of potential. It's not... Sharon's secret being blown up after one year all in one episode, but it, it is a good storyline. I appreciate what it's setting up. Uh, d during the scene where Dylan punched Joe, Dylan is going on and on about how, um, you know, th my coffee house isn't just a building. It's a part of this community. And, you know, Joe's got his perspective too. Like, I'm just here brokering a deal. This is what business is, is sort of what the future is. I, I it, the whole the 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 confrontation of Dylan versus Joe has a very blue collar versus white collar vibe to me, which I really liked. I think that it's good and it fits in the show. I think it's a storyline that kind of has a social conscience too it's there's a little bit of a moral there like uh you know development is it hurting or helping communities and i i, I think i have to say bravo to the storyline ynr because it's giving me everything i really need it's got that social element it's a business storyline which i think the show sorely needs and uh, of course it's it's personal, you know, it's got the, the, the relationship element too. So I, in my mind, it's like the perfect trio storyline and it, it doesn't hurt that Joe's a total, total hottie. I wonder if Joe's current life of all business, no fun and family is foreshadowing for Kane. I don't want to see that, but at the beginning of the week, or I don't want to see that happen to Kane and Lily, but at the beginning of the week, I couldn't help noticing that there's this scene of Kane and Lily in the dining room and they're just doing work. And he kind of picks her up and they're being playful and he scoops her down and gives her a big old kiss and how often do you get to just kiss your wife passionately at work it was clear even to the staff around that these two people love each other it was such a nice moment and really encapsulated the pros for Kane staying and, and working there just getting to work with his wife and enjoy his life and his kids but then toward the end of the week he did admit to Joe that he does miss the corporate rigmarole uh, he admits he, he he wants more out of his career and he always kind of has uh, I, there's got to be a balance somewhere in between but not in this town I think we're gonna see Kane deciding to go work somewhere whether it's with Joe or not I mean probably 
probably, I'm guessing, he's going to just get a job with Joe and start working on these real estate deals or whatever. Um, but I, it's going to be a problem for his relationship with Lily. The question is who's going to be there to pick up the pieces. I don't know. Um, there was another awkward Winters family meal this week. I mean, get used to it, you guys. It's holidays right around the corner. You think dinner together is awkward? Um, we've got Thanksgiving and we've got Christmas and all the time Devon and Hillary are probably going to be playing footsie underneath the table while everybody else is completely unaware. I, I, I think this is probably going to be the next big arc, like the next big explosion, the next big storyline that explodes. And the element, just I'm over Neil. Like, I, I, I hate to say it, but unfortunately, Neil's finding out uh, that his son and Hillary are sleeping together um, is not as big of a deal to me as when Lily finds out. I kind of love that Lily is being so doting over Hillary. She comes in the room and Lily can't, she still thinks maybe Hillary might be pregnant. And not only is she sure that she's right, but Lily seems excited that Hillary might be pregnant, which is such a huge leap. I mean, this is a woman that she used to hate, and now Lily has totally put all of that aside, and not only is being friendly, but is being warm with Hillary, and wanting more of a relation, more, wanting to add more elements to her relationship with her father. So, um, just embracing Hillary with open arms, and that's gonna be the explosion that I wanna see eventually. Uh, everybody's gonna be mad at everyone. I, I, the whole time, Devon and Hillary are just under the table or in, in side glances looking at one another. And um, at the end of the dinner, they end up meeting upstairs for a little hanky panky. They've just accepted that this affair is happening. It's gonna keep happening. You can't just keep going and having sex at the hotel that Lily works at. One of these days, she's gonna be the one to see you around the corner. This time it was Colin. Colin's creeping around in the upstairs bedrooms. Who the hell knows why? And he looks and he sees Devon and Hillary smoochie smooching and heading into their little hotel room for more. So I, I think, I'm guessing, I'm kind of just putting this together now on the fly, but I think, hmm, that... Joe Clark wants to buy the athletic club. Yes, because I think that's, that groundwork's already been laid. He said he wants to buy the athletic club, but Devon isn't selling. Uh, so Joe's going to want to buy it. Colin's going to be involved with Joe. And now Colin's got information on Devon and his affair. And Colin is going to say, hey, guess guess what? God, i got to work on my Australian accent. One of these days, he's going to say, guess what? You're going to end up selling this piece of land to, to Joe, or I'm going to tell everybody about your little hanky-panky with your daddy's wife. It's comment time! I got a lot of comments this week. I mean, considering it was such an explosive sweeps of events. I um, I mean, I can't get to every single comment, but I've got a pretty good chunk of them here. I really laughed because Gary called my voicemail this past week. I think it was, I want to say it was on Wednesday. This is just a Murphy's Law thing that sticks, that has stuck with me, but Gary said, you know, basically one year of storylines arcing in one single episode of YNR 
and it was interrupted by Obama's speech. <laughs> I can't imagine any like worse Murphy's Law moment. I don't know why, but I put myself in your shoes there, Gary, because I watched the show completely uninterrupted, like jaw open, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is going on. And I just had to imagine that that was happening to me, that I'm loving the show in every single moment and like in the stairwell and then all of a sudden like cuts in a message from the president. No! Don't these people have their priorities straight? Why can't they interrupt the show during Price is Right? Ah, <laughs> uh, that was, it's just, uh, it, would, it would get me, it would kill me. Uh, NippyFan100 uh, left a voicemail for me as well that said, you know, Victoria was doing a lot of judging of Sharon when she found out. Didn't Victoria do the same thing keeping Connor from Adam? Uh, yes, yes. Victoria knew that uh, Connor was Adam's son and let the entire pregnancy go through without uh, telling him or anybody else. And Nippy Fan 100 also said Nikki kept Abby's paternity uh, a secret from Victor as well. So it's kind of uh, the point is everybody sort of wants to point fingers at Sharon and make her as the bad guy, but so many women have done the paternity secret uh, in town that it's just impossible. Nobody in this town has any room to throw stones ever on anything. Uh, Bobby Thompson on Facebook says, Sharon uh, was, although Sharon was acting like a lunatic last year, I'm worried for her character. I wonder if she might attempt suicide. Have they ever had a main character attempt suicide? I feel for her, and although I'm enjoying having Phyllis back on screen, I do wish she would leave Sharon alone now, because losing everyone is punishment enough for Sharon. I kind of am I, I, I'm surprised. I would have thought that Sharon would, would be a little bit more... Wafy. I mean, she's been crying about it, and I'm. I mean, obviously, she feels bad about it. But I don't know. I don't know if Sharon's going to hurt herself. I'm getting the vibe that she's going to fight back, which is what I I would like her to do. I agree that I don't want to see Phyllis continue to pick on Sharon. It's enough. That part is done. I don't need to see that anymore. It just seems cruel if she were to continue. And on that point, Jennifer Budin on YouTube says, "I have a question." Why are the writers building such a huge revenge storyline story around a bipolar character? Bipolar isn't something you're born... It's, excuse me. Bipolar is something you're born with, not something you catch like the common cold. That is very true. Um, YNR had gone to great lengths to help us accept that Sharon has an illness, and she talked a lot about her illness throughout the week. Um, so it's sort of like one of those things that she, YNR would maybe have us believe that now that Sharon's on her medication, she's just completely fine now. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, she she definitely has a mental illness, but she's been reminding uh, Nick of that as well. Uh, Karen Ferguson called into my voicemail and said, it's not fair for Jack to say Phyllis lied. Phyllis risked her life to tell Jack the, the truth about Summer. After the coma, uh, she, uh, well, let me back up and just say that because it is true. Phyllis was trying to get to Jack. That was the point. The second Phyllis found out about Summer's paternity, she was running up those stairs to get to Jack. Uh, and then Karen goes on to say, after the coma, when she came out, uh, Jack accused her of showboating, but she didn't showboat. She 
diverted Nick on purpose and led Jack to believe that she was sleeping upstairs. She didn't realize that Nick and Victor uh, and Jack were going to be there. And I thought that too. It did kind of seem like uh, Jack was accusing Phyllis of bringing together everyone in, you know, in the room, especially Victor, bringing everyone together to blow up uh, Sharon's world in a, an attempt at revenge, but it wasn't really the case. Phyllis did specifically try to get Sharon alone to do this. This was something she wanted to do privately with Sharon uh, and then tell the truth. I, I agree. Um, Granadian Candy on YouTube said, are there any kids on this show whose paternity weren't questioned? I thought the exact same thing myself. It was when Summer was having a conversation with Abby. Like, of course, now all of the Newmans are welcoming Summer back into the family and all of the Abbots are saying, you're still our family, even if you're not blood. And Abby and Summer were having this conversation together and I thought, well, Abby's paternity was kept from her for a long time. She thought she was Brad's daughter. And now um, the, she only found out several years ago that she was actually Victor's. So there's, ba and then you, you go and you think, yeah, is there anybody, are there any kids whose paternity isn't in question? I, as, I mean, Noah hasn't, but it seems like the of the core characters, as soon as they have kids, it's there's a paternity question. Everybody, Lily, I mean, who, you tell me this. It'd be, it'd be a shorter list to tell me whose paternity hasn't been questioned in this town. Um, Connor left a voicemail uh, as well, kind of a... a, a circling back to Victoria, saying, Victoria wants to get to know Stitch, but only after she saw him getting close to Ashley. You know what, Victoria? You had your chance to get to know him, and you pushed him away. Very true. And she's been walking around town all week thinking, oh, whatever Ben has to tell me is going to change everything. I really hope so, and we'll just see. I don't know if he's ever going to get a chance to do that. Um... Michael called into my voicemail. Oh, with a really good comment. Actually, I got a lot of good voicemails from Michael uh, this week. But, of course, you know the point I have to zero in is this. Michael says, guess what? He kind of made the connection. Joe Clark is just like Brad. Oh, that's so perfect. As soon as I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. He is, he does, Joe Clark kind of fills that spot of the middle guy between Victor and Jack. We always have the Victor-Jack rivalry, and Brad was always the third guy. And when Brad left, it was Tucker. Uh, so it's kind of like Joe could kind of be in there, or Colin, or somebody, but somebody kind of fills that spot. But I, I, I know, it's like Joe Clark is kind of like bad but good at the same time. And I agree, I liked that connection. But the, the better comment that Michael left that, yes, makes total sense, is... Is it a coincidence that Joe's last name is Clark? Don't think so. Uh, Michael's theorizing, and this blew my mind, that Joe Clark is Matt Clark's little brother. Yes! It's happening, you guys. Uh, okay, if you didn't weren't watching the show back, I mean, this had to have been, what, early to mid-90s. Um, there was this guy, I think he attempted to rape Sharon. His name was Matt Clark. He was trying to rape Sharon, and uh, Nick came in, and, uh, well, everybody thought he shot him, or Nick went to jail for shooting Matt. I'm just pulling this out of my memory, so I didn't do any research, but um, this is just what I remember. But basically, Nick went to jail for shooting this guy, and he was in jail for quite a while. I remember it. I still remember the trial. I remember feeling shocked 
because he got convicted. Like, Nick went through the trial and got convicted for it and went to jail. And that's how, that, remember, that's how Wharton came up. I always loved the character of Wharton. I thought he was kind of cool. Uh, but anyway, so Matt Clark died. It came out in the end that Amy, uh, the, who was this friend of Sharon's at the time, I think she was dating Matt Clark. She was the one who ended up having shot him. And uh, I read a couple of weeks ago on CBS Soaps in Depth that Grace is coming back again, who was on the scene at that time, and Amy is coming back. So I, at the time when I saw that, I, I thought, well, I don't know what they're going to do. It must be something new. I have no idea why they would bring back these old characters, but I love, because it's around the time I started watching the show. Um, but I had absolutely made no connection about the last name, Clark. It's genius. If that's where they're going with this, it's genius. Thank you, Wyanor. I will lose my freaking mind. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Starlight1228 on YouTube says, am I the only one who wants Hillary to be or get pregnant with Devon's baby? I think that would be such a great storyline, especially if Neil is really blind. I'd be interested to see if they, you know, would hide the baby for as long as possible from Neil since he can't see her baby bump. Or maybe Hillary would just lie and pretend it's Neil's. There's so many possibilities. I just don't want Neil to have any more kids, especially with Hillary. Um, I want Hillary to be pregnant, too. I think that's going to be good. I I completely believe that Hillary is going to end up pregnant, mostly because it's a natural progression of the storyline, and yeah, there's a lot of potential for juice. Okay, my podcast friends, I think that does it for me for this week, but I know you've got some comments. <laughs> So feel free to let her rip. You can call into my voicemail, area code 309-588-4569. You can also leave voicemails through my website at yrchat.com. In addition to text comments, you can also find my Facebook and Twitter there. So wherever you choose to let your rant live, <laughs> please feel free. I love reading and hearing what all of your feedback is, and this has been too big of a week to not comment. So please feel free. Um, I think that's it. I'm looking forward to next week's show. I can't imagine huh, how the what the blowback will continue to be, but I'm excited. So uh, I'll see you next Sunday. Okay, you guys. Love ya. Bye.